How are we doing, guys? I'm Javik Blake alongside Tim Crabley. Welcome to episode 10 of the Queen on Spot podcast. We're covering baseball coast to coast again on this episode, though. Might have a little bit of West Coast flavor to it. We're breaking down the Oakland A's and Moneyball 2.0, the wild, wild, wild NL West, which includes maybe a million ways to die by the Dodgers if their bullpen keeps it up. And then we're going to break down what exactly makes a Cy Young winner in our eyes, and we'll answer some fan questions on episode 10 here on the podcast. Well, you already stole my first reference of the show, but we're, we're going to be all right with that because I can make it later. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been a while since we've seen you guys. We're, we're great to be back. Um, we might not have had a podcast out in a while, but we have been pumping out content. We have not content, one. Content, content, We have not had one, not one, but two vlogs uh, posted recently on our YouTube page. So definitely go check those out. First one was a quick little recap from the Cape Cod League All-Star Game, which, by the way, shout out to your boys, the Wareham Gateman. Cape League champions, baby. What's up? What's up? Bringing the banner back to Wareham for the first time since 2012. So great for you guys. And the second one, which is probably my favorite one, was uh, me and Javik were able to grab tickets, and we ended awesome. up – no, it was fantastic. Awesome. And we were at the Sunday night game, the finale of the four-game series between the Red Sox and the Yankees at the start of the month at Fenway Park. And um, just just watch it to, to see how it went. It's wild. Awful. Awful. It was fantastic. It was terrible. And then you went on vacation. I went on vacation. But now we're back. We're, we're, back. we're ready to go. We're back. We're, we're back in the go. present. We're back. You back know, to the, reality. As Sports the Machine once said, the dog days are over, and it's time for September in the playoff race. All right, we'll give you your division leaders for you. The Red Sox leading the AL East over the Yankees with 92 wins, because they never lose, apparently. The Indians are taking advantage of a completely awful and terrible AL Central. We've gone over that in an earlier episode. They're up there leading by 14 games already. And out west, you have the Astros leading the A's by two and a half games. The upstart A's, which have really been a huge surprise and are fending off the Mariners, who have just fallen off recently. It's been bad. Who This is where I was going to make my reference. Was If you ask most Seattle fans uh, what the name of this episode should be, it probably would be A Million Ways to Die in the West, which is exactly what they've done, allowing the A's to, to just – surge right back up into contention now i mean this was not even a month maybe a month and a half ago that we were already saying start booking your booking your flights to new york get the t-shirts going paxton versus severino 2018 a wild card game and seattle's just gone a wall since a wall since then came back and they they really kind of crapped themselves and it which is surprising you think an addition like that would help them but even their rotation started to falter. Felix Hernandez hasn't been himself. James Paxton can only do so much. Especially since he only goes out once every five days. Right. The confidence level of this team is nowhere to be found. The The level of play has just instantly diminished from, you know, the start of the summer. I don't know what happened to them. I don't see them catching the A's just because of the momentum that Oakland has right now and just the sheer lack of focus, lack of confidence up in Seattle. I, I might be calling them out soon. I, I think it might be a done deal just to knock them out soon. And in the NL, you have the Atlanta Braves, who I picked as my dark horse all the way back in the beginning of the year to win the AL East, or not to win the NL East, but who at least make a strong push. And here they are leading the Phillies by four and a half games. As we enter the month of September in the Central, the Cubs, they're, they're putting some distance between themselves, the Cardinals, and the Brewers. And the Brewers, they're doing exactly what they did last year. They were really strong into the break. And they fell apart. I'm doing that again this year. Yeah, it could, it could be a scary. It could be a scary last couple of weeks of September up in Milwaukee. 
It could. Or per- they can make a push. They're, they're uh. currently, I think they're currently holding on to the second wild card spot, if I'm not mistaken. But they still have a lot yeah. of room to make up. Pr- prayers to our friend Jeff Levering. Our boy Jeff Levering. We're, hope- we're, 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 we're hoping for you. Hopefully they get a playoff game. Hopefully they get a playoff game. And in the NL West, oh, baby. You have the Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Dodgers separated by one single game. D-backs are leading the division. Rockies are half a game back, and the Dodgers are a game back. The interesting thing about the Rockies, we'll get into them later, they're 72-60 and 60 with a negative 15 run differential. It makes zero sense how they're this good. That's what happens when you play Coors Field. Coors. That's what I said. Always Coors. Coors is always the answer. All right, let's throw it out west. We'll go to the Bay Area. Over the 1989 World Series champion, Oakland Athletics. Moneyball 2.0. Billy Bean trying to bring back Moneyball and hopefully win for once. And he's doing a pretty good job of it so far. So far, keyword. So far, so far. But it's still September, and he has yet, as Moneyball said, he has yet to win the final game of the season yet. And he's still trying to win it. This could be an upstart surprising team that actually has a chance. Yeah. I mean, the talent's there, right? I mean, they had that core. Chris Davis has been really the lone superstar out there for a while. Um, you have two young rising studs in Matt Chapman and Matt Olson, who have been phenomenal this year. Jed Lowry's f- seemed to re- rediscover himself and just become a force at the plate once again. The rotation's been pretty solid behind Manaya. And that bullpen, they, they really bolstered up at the deadline. They get guys like Familia, who, I mean – what, three years ago, people were making the argument that he was the best, you know, out-for-out closer in baseball. You have guys like Fernando Rodney, who aren't always going to be fearsome on the mound, but they are always going to just bust it for you out there and just do whatever it takes to win. And then Trinan's just been ridiculous. I mean, I don't think you can name too many other guys in baseball that can trot up to the mound and be like, hey, I'm going to throw you a 100-mile-an-hour sinker. Try and hit it. And the, and the movement on it's just absolutely filthy. I'm just to give you some background. They're 20 and 10 in their last three. This is almost exactly like the 2002 season for the Moneyball A's. They were floating around 500. They were 10 games back of the Astros in mid-June. They've gone 20 and 10 in their last 30. They're 80 and 54 in the year. They're two and a half games back of Houston. And they are one of the only teams in the AL who have given the Red Sox a run for their money at all this season. Right. And even as a Sox fan, I have no argument against that. They're really the only team that can consistently contain them they've been the only team that's no hit them Sean and I was great against them they they have their number I don't want to see them in the playoffs but we might because you know whatever happens at Yankee Stadium you never know their payroll to go along with it 28th in the MLB at 79.3 million dollars and Chris Davis accounts for one eighth of that money it's absolutely nuts what they're doing and, and they're being led by Jed Lowry, who's 34 years old. At 34, he's finally breaking out. He joined Phil, well, Phil Gardner, who back in 1976 was the only other A second baseman to become an all-star. Jed Lowry made it his first time ever. His stature is ridiculous. His war between 2017 and 2018 is 8.8. His war from 2008, his rookie year, to 2016 was only 8.8 wins. This man has completely turned himself around. He has an 828 OPS, 21 homers, 82 RBIs, a 130 OPS plus. He's absolutely nuts this year, and he's one of the big reasons why 
the A's are in the spot they are. It's almost like the Vegas Golden Knights. It's a land of misfits, and they're doing something. And he's not really someone that you get in the you get on the mound, and it's like, all right, get these outfielders back. So he's going to take us deep, or oh my gosh, this this guy's going to go five for five this day. He's not that type of player. He's the guy that's just he's a gritty worker. He's been like that his entire career. He's going to give you different looks as the switch hitter. And he just goes up there, does his work in the cage, does his work in the video room, and just knows how to attack pitchers as a veteran. He's, not, like I said, not the guy that's going to take you deep, not the guy that's going to hit 500. He just goes up there, does what he needs to do, hits 300, helps his team. He's Bill Belichick's favorite player. He is Bill Belichick's favorite. Gets his job done. And he's versatile. He is. He's very versatile. He can do a lot of different things for you. And at 34, I mean, just think about it. Nine years before he finally broke out. Ten years before he became an all-star. Where was this when he was with the Red Sox is my question. He just didn't want to help the Red Sox. Now he wants to help beat the Red Sox. He actually, all right, well, he had a walk-off hit in the ALDS that sent them to the ALCS. I'll give him that. There we go. There we go. He did something productive, just not what he's doing now. No. But we have a pretty good shortstop now. It's been absolutely insane what he's been able to put up. And then, this we haven't even talked about Matt Chapman yet. First full season in Major League Baseball. And he's already being compared to Nolan Arenado. He leads the league in defensive runs saved at 28. The next guy has less than 20. Nolan Arenado, for comparison this year, is three. Three. And he's heralded as one of the best third basemen in the game. He has 28, which leads every single position. It's not just the third baseman. Every single position. For every single position, he's tied for third and ultimate zone rating with 12.4. His OBP is 364. And of his hits, 48% of them are extra bases. 59 of 122 hits in the year are for extra bases. And this is all in his first full season. It's crazy. And that's the thing we haven't seen from Oakland in a while. They've had runs the last couple of years where they've been competitive, but it's the window's been really very small. 2013, 2014, it was just kind of like a quick snap of the finger, and then they went back to just, eh. Now they're setting up a team for the future. Chris Davis, I think, still has some very productive years left in him. The duo of Chapman and Olsen is going to be money for them for the next couple of years. It's going to give them a young core. The rotation's young. This is something that the A's teams of playoff that have been playoff bound in the past they really haven't had. And and they have everyone locked up for a long amount of time. Yeah, they have they have everyone locked up for a very very long amount of time. And it, lots of guys under team control. Not yeah. too many free agents. Team team friendly contracts too. Very team friendly, which is what you get when you pay off seventy nine point three million. You play in the Coliseum. You know why they're winning? Because they get on base. They don't even get on base either. Their OVP is about league average, yeah. which is crazy. They're doing it. Kinda, they still do it though. They still do it, but it's it's not as it's not as 2002 as you'd like to think it is. And then there's Chris Davis, who has 39 homers, 103 RBIs, is slugging 555, and his OPS plus is 141. And he doesn't look like a power hitter either. He doesn't. He looks like a single hitter. He's, he's like he's like my height. Yeah, he's a short, skinny guy, and he hits nukes. Doesn't make sense. 39 homers. He's about to hit 40. I think he ends up with 47, 48. He could definitely do that. He could have a single. I think J.D. catches him, though. Maybe. When J.D. gets on a run, it's 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 fun to watch. Now, the only problem with the A's is their starting pitch now because they lost Sean Manai for the season with Rosader Cuff tendonitis. Which is going to kill them as far as – that was going to be your wildcard game starter. He is. And he's no longer there. But they have a bullpen. And as Brian Kenny once said, bullpen is how you win wildcards. And maybe they do that. 
Because their bullpen is filthy. You never know. Maybe they get on the phone with Kevin Cash. So, hey, look at our team for us. Do us a favor. Who can be our opener in this game? And how can we set up our bullpen for the rest of the way? And the Rays have been good lately. Yeah. They've been real good. The Rays had won eight straight before the British beat them. They did. They've been real good. And the bullpen, it's nuts. 9.1 Ks per nine. They've converted almost 78% of their saves. They're only allowing about 3.6 runs per nine. And opponent OPS is only 670, which is the fifth best in the league. It's crazy what they're doing. They're just finding a way to win. That's all you have to do. Especially in the high leverage situations, which is just the really, that's really where it comes out is whether your bullpen's good or whether it's bad is how they do in the pressure pack situations. And they lead the league in almost every category. They're second in opponent average at 180. Their ERA is a 5.99, which is tops in the league. The next highest is 6.5. So that gives you an idea. It's usually when there's lots of runners on base, late in the inning, tie game. Their ERA is only 6. And their K-to-walk ratio is 4.3. They're doing really well. Which is scary for the playoffs. It's really it put, scary. It puts them in position to be successful. Because the bullpen is how you win playoff games, without a doubt. Right. It's Espe- how you win in this games. day and age, absolutely. It's without a doubt how you win playoff games, and it's it's how they're going to win a playoff game. And especially in a high-leverage situation, which is definitely just what the entire playoffs are. It's going to be crazy. It's it's going to be really interesting. I'm going to make one more comparison for you. All right, go. So this you 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 always give me crap for having the, the 08 Phillies be one of my favorite teams of all time. No, we're going up with the 08 Phillies now. No, we're not going with the 08 uh, Phillies. Checking out the guess. The 08 Rays. Rays. No. Hmm. 09 Phillies? No, let's go 2011 Cardinals. Oh! That was a great World Series. That was a great World Series. But we're going to look about what made them successful. Okay. And it's funny because unlike the A's, the Cardinals had a starter that was just undeniable that and year. In connection to the A's, Ron Washington was the manager of the team that the Cardinals played in the World Series. That was the Rangers, who used to be on the coaching staff of the Oakland A's. Yeah, so uh, here, here's what I'm going to offer as far as that goes. Unlike the A's, the Cardinals did have a – Frontline starter that was just unhittable in that postseason. His name was Chris Carpenter, and he led them there. Every other pitcher on that roster, as far as the starting rotation goes, who wasn't named Chris Carpenter, averaged probably maybe three and a third to start that off that postseason, and they still found a way to win because of the use of the bullpen, which is what the A's are going to have to do. And because David Freeze. and David Freeze and David Freeze, but David you look Freeze at. Look at the guys they had in the bullpen that just were so expendable the entire season. Let's go Octavio Dotel, Arthur Rhodes, um, Jason Mott, uh, Mark Jepchensky. Is that how you say it? Jepchensky? No idea. Mark Jepchensky. I'm missing one more. Octavio Dotel. Fernando Salas. That's the one I was missing. And then Lance Lynn. So many guys that could just go in and get the job done. And I think the talent level of the A's bullpen is better than that. And that team won a World Series. So who knows what I this mean, other team is. If you want to talk about a team is bad and they won the World Series, look at the 2013 Red Sox. They sucked and they won the World Series. They also won 97 games and beat your team. So Yeah, but they were awful. Like, if you look at that roster, they had no business winning that World Series. See, I you still, have even said yourself that is the worst team you have ever seen to win the World Series. I know, but still, but you still, I mean, I give them credit because I look at the teams that they beat. The Rays were good. That the pitching they beat in the playoffs was ridiculous. The Rays that year were still nasty. Chris Archer was the fifth starter on that team because they had guys like Matt Moore, Jeremy Hellickson, who was good at the time, David Price, 
Um, I mean, Chris Archer literally wasn't even in the playoff rotation back then. And then the Tigers was just absurd. Anibal Sanchez was on a tear. Any team that has a two-headed monster like Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer should go to the World Series every year. And the Red Sox beat them. And the Cardinals were no joke either. Michael Walker was bursting onto the scene. He was unhittable down the stretch. Adam Wainwright was still himself. Joe Kelly started that World Series. Kim was out throwing 100. The pitching they beat pretty much validates why I think they deserve to win it. But I think it was still a fluke for them. This year's Red Sox team, if they win a World Series, will not be a fluke. Yeah, they deserve it all the way. It's, it's the How? How? If they win a World Series, they're not the 0-1 Mariners. They're no, no, better no, no, than no. They're, they're as good as the 0-1. They're an insanely talented baseball team. Yes, I just You just that. said they're the Mariners if they win the World Series. No, 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 no. They are the Mariners going into the playoffs. If they win, they are better than the Mariners. Okay, that's not what you said. I don't know. They're as good as the they're, – they're like the 0-1 Mariners. They're, they're like the 0-1 Mariners. They just have to complete that one World Series. Or they can play much of the Yankees in the LDS just like the 0-1 Mariners. I'll take my 105 wins, get, give up the record, but at least go to the World Series. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take 100. It's World Series or bust. I'd take 106, go to the World Series and win it, which is what the Yankees are probably going to have. It's impressive. We'll see what happens. Want to shift leagues? Shift the league. Should we go to the National League West? The wild, wild, wild the National wild, League West? Wild, 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 wild West. And we're going to have a bold prediction of who wins it. I have a very bold prediction of who wins it, but we're going to save it for a bit. All right, so we're going to go through the remaining schedules of every single team, and Diamondbacks fans, just turn it off. Just turn it off. They're at 73-60, and 60, currently leading the division. They have seven games left against LA, seven against Colorado, four against Atlanta, three at Houston, and three versus the Cubs. Good luck. Good luck. That is the hardest September anyone could have any, ever come up with. They played 133 games. They have 29 left, and 24 of them are against division leaders or L.A. or Play, Playoff teams. Playoff teams. They're lucky to go 500. They're projected to end up at 88 and 74. But I, Which I, in that National League might not even get you a playoff spot. It might not. Still don't care. The Rockies, they're 72 and 60. They're half a game back. They have seven left against Arizona. Six against the Dodgers, four against Philly, and three against Washington. And you can't even count Washington as like a playoff team. But they're 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 a, they're scrappy. High, yeah, they're they high still high. got players. Yeah, they're they're, they're still they're still. They high got guys that can beat you. They got guys that can beat you. Exactly. And the Dodgers, they're seventy-two and sixty-one. They have seven versus Arizona, six versus Colorado, and four at St. Louis. And and it's not like they're hot right now either. No, they're really with not. Fan graphs. The Dodgers are going to end up with 89 wins and win the division. The D-backs will be in I don't buy with 88, and the Rockies with 87. I don't and buy here's that. here's the bold take. The Colorado Rockies will win the NL West. They will win the NL West with a negative run differential, which is absolutely absurd. How you have a negative 15 run differential and end up 12 games over them. It's beyond me. But they can – Philly's fading. Washington is not great. The Washington Dodgers Washington was never really in contention. Though. Yeah, they weren't ever in contention. They were just kind of they were just there. there. Philly's fading. The Dodgers are in, and the Arizona's going through the toughest stretch anyone has to go through all The year. Dodgers are in trouble because that bullpen's killing that bullpen them right is now. Bad. I mean, bad. Kelly Jansen's got his own stuff going on right now, so that's that's one thing, but no one's there to pick him up, which no is going to be a problem. 
It's a problem. Manny you Machado can, wasn't even showing up either. You can get all of these big-name guys to add to your offense. You can have, you know, like three all-stars coming off the bench, but if you can't pitch in the playoffs, they should know that better than anyone. Exactly. That's why I think the Rockies end up winning. I think the Rockies win the division. They're a good team. They're scrappy. They have the best scenario going forward. They're they not do. They're not just playing a playoff series every week. They aren't, and they don't have 24 of the guys, 29 against playoff teams. And they have to play the Astros and Cubs and Atlanta, who are three very, very hot teams. That's a third of your remaining schedule against the Braves, who are hot as all get out. The Astros, which are just the Astros, and the Cubs, who have been on fire ever since the All-Star break once again. And have an MVP, and probably have the NL MVP starting at second base for them in Javi Baez. Probably. That's my hot take. Though I didn't see, I didn't see a tweet last night from uh, Jared Carabas of a, or, and Jeff Webbering of uh, someone new entering the MVP race, and that's Christian Yelich out in Milwaukee. Mm. It, it's interesting. But the, the NOS is just absolutely nuts. It's crazy. It's going to be fun. It could be like 07 where it comes down to the wire and have a one-game playoff. I want a three-way tie. I've always wanted to see a three-way tie. Because that sets up like two – yeah, because it doesn't one get a bye and then like two play a play-in. Yeah, two play a play-in game, and it's like based on like series wins and whatnot. And the best part about this, guess where the Diamondbacks end their season? Dodger Stadium against the Dodgers. Dun-dun-dun. That will be that. That might be. It, That's gonna be more significant than Sox Yankees last week of the season. It will I'm be. sorry, Sox Yankees. Th- that division's over. Sorry, you can't beat the White Sox. You, you you're done. It's gonna it's gonna come down to the wire, and it's gonna be those two teams playing. It's gonna be absolutely nuts. It's gonna be the best best series. It's gonna be must watch TV. It's gonna keep the last weekend of the regular season watchable. That's true, and it's four against LA. Right. It's gonna be really interesting. Quite fun. Hmm. I'll be ready. Oh, I'm ready. If I'm not watching the Pats that weekend, which That's I probably true. will be. Did the Pats even play that weekend? I don't even care. It's it's the biggest series of the season. I really care less about the Pats that week. They'll, they'll win. They'll well, you're not a football guy anyways, though. I am. I love college football. I'm not a mm. huge NFL guy. I love college football. College football is amazing. Nothing beats college football. In general. Like This Saturday, I'm waking. I'm not leaving my couch. Like I'm just watching game day, college football. I'll watch the Yankees, then I'll watch Michigan. That's a day right there. That's a day. That's a day. Yeah, I still think the Rockets are going to win it. I think the Rockets can win it all, win, win that division. I'm not going to fight you on that. I, th- I think they have the best scenario moving forward. I mean, they have Nolan Arenado. Did you see the picture the Rockies put up on their Instagram account of Nolan Arenado remaking that picture from 1999? Yeah, when you have when you have Nolan Arenado and the easiest schedule out of the three, I think it's just a foregone conclusion. Yeah. But this is the West, and based on how this year's gone, I'm not. I'm not concluding anything. Hey, maybe the Giants come out of nowhere and win it all. They're they were my sleeper back. team. You never know. They're only six back. They, they yeah, have the Padres, Padres. The Padres are gone. They're 22 They have Padres. Padres. The, the Giants have Padres Rodriguez's son. So, I mean, when you have a guy like that, when you have the son of a Hall of Famer, you can do anything. That's true. That is true. You still have Andrew McCutcheon. That's true. That's very true. Uh, I don't know. We're going to have to see. We're going to have to see. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun ride. That's what I was going to say. All right. On to the open form. What makes a Cy Young winner? Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I, you know what? I will defer. I'll let you go first. I'll defer to the second half. All right. All right. Won the coin, fl- won the coin toss. All right. I am being Bill Belichick. So this idea, this this story's been going around a lot lately of what categorizes a Cy Young winner. And um, I thought, uh, actually, it was, it was Mad Dog Chris Russo that gave a pretty cool take on it the other day. It's, um. He's not – I mean, obviously he loves the guys that are putting up big numbers, but um, 
And I think to a certain extent, I, I think the games you pitch play, and this is what he said. He said, you know, guys like Grom definitely deserve it, but people that are, you know, on contending teams and they're pitching for playoff lives every day, I think that should play into it. Because now, and it kind of dates back even with any any awards that we go through as far as regular season stuff. Because you can date back to the days where people were just just smacking their heads against the wall when A-Rod was winning MVPs with the Rangers who were pretty much out of the playoff race by July. I think, I I agree with Chris Russo actually as far as the fact that I think the the importance of the games you pitch, the opponents that you're pitching against, I think those absolutely matter. I still think Jacob deGrom has done enough to outweigh that. But I think guys like Aaron Nola, who are pitching for their playoff lives every time they take the ball, I think that means something. I mean, I still think DeGrom deserves it, but I think when if, if I'm a part of the baseball writers and I'm deciding who's getting the hardware in the winter, I might give it to Nola. He's pitched his butt off. He's having a career year. He's shut down some of the best teams in baseball. He's done it, and he does it every single night. Mind you, DeGrom does it too. But you know when you when you have nothing to lose because your team's out of it and you're facing the nat like teams that are struggling at the Nats or you're in a division with the Marlins, you can afford to just go out and throw 96 right down the middle because they're probably not going to hit it. So I still I'd still probably see myself giving it to Degrom in the National League, but I think Aaron Nola definitely might deserve it. And in, in the American League, it's the same thing with Chris Sale and Luis Severino. You could give it to either one because both are pitching in playoff style games every time they take the ball because they're fighting for literally the best record in baseball. All right, so I got this. He can't control who's on his team. He's not the Wilpons. He was the Wilpons. He would suck. He can't control what the other. He can't control what his team's doing. He can't control the way his run production is. And he can't control the fact that his team just sucks. They're not playing in a playoff game. And that's another have, because they have this. Nineteen of his twenty-seven starts have come against teams currently over five hundred. In this those is, nineteen starts, he has a one point four seven ERA. This is the striking this out, is Degrom. This is Degrom. Yeah. He's striking out eleven point one two batters per nine innings. That's in nineteen of his twenty-seven starts have come against teams that are fighting for a playoff spot. He's in a playoff atmosphere. And just being in a playoff atmosphere does not denote whether you're the best pitcher or the best pitcher in the league. That's why Mike Trout keeps winning MVPs. Well, it's the same thing. It's like how 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 high do you wish stats? Do you weigh wins more than ERA when you decide this? I think ERA is important. ERA should count for either. I don't either because you have guys that are Grom who get horrible horrible run support, and this is why I'd vouch for Chris Sale too. This year, Chris Sale's got nothing, nothing. He goes out and pitches his butt off every five days. Ends up, and this is probably why he's on the DL because, you know, I don't think it's his shoulder that's bothering him. I think it's his back. I think it's his back's ki- killing him from carrying this Red Sox rotation. And this is what happens when you get no run support, which is why I would vouch for DeGrom the way I vouch for Sale. DeGrom, DeGrom's one of those guys who's just good every time he goes out there. And if he was on a contending team, he'd be just as good. He could have been. He could have been. But no one tried. No one wanted him. Suck. Sandy Alderson is incredible. It's a rough scene in Queens. It's a rough scene in Queens. If you're a Mets fan, I, I'm, I'm sorry. But am I really sorry? Not really. Yeah. I don't like the Mets. They stole the Yankees fans. There's a story that goes back when the Mets first started. That Yankees fans who were sick and tired of the Yankees being too corporate and too elite while they were winning uh, Beguilian World Series. 
that they became Mets fans because it was more family-friendly and nicer. Rooting for the underdog. Rooting for the underdog. Yay. And then they won in 69. But then the Yankees won again in 79. That was a fun summer of 69. Mm. Awesome song. It's a great song. It's a fantastic song. It's a great, great music, too. Brian Adams. I went to his home with Canada. He's a Canadian man. You a big Brian Adams guy? No. No? I like Summer 69. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hate on Brian Adams. Did he say Boys of Summer, too? Yeah, and then he's... That's a good one. And then he, uh, he did Heaven, which was like every wedding song in the 90s. Mm. My parents got married in the 90s. It's probably their wedding song. Yeah, probably their wedding song. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't their wedding song. There was something from Blues Brothers. Really? Everybody needs somebody to love, and they came out with the dance video, Blues Brothers Dance. That's not yeah. I can't hate that. My parents were my parents were very they they were they were they were some fly guys at their wedding. Fly guys. Fly guys. Civ guys. Don't know. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But I think a Cy Young winner, what determines a Cy Young winner is how good they do, no matter what team they're on. Mike Trout's the best player maybe of the last fifty years in baseball. When did Williams retire? Yeah, 50. 50 plus 50 60. Yeah, he's the best player since 1970 on. So 49 years. Maybe it'll be 50, 60 on. He's the best player in the last 40 he's years. He's the best player on the planet that's not frozen right now. Yes. Co- correct. Because Ted Williams is technically still on the planet. True. And so is Babe Ruth. He's just in the ground. Which is why he's the best person not eh. buried six feet under. Oh, we'll save that debate for the offseason when we do a full... When we, when we go head to head. We're going to teach a bio class? Bio class? No. Because I think maybe his bones are still there, but I, I think I mean it's been a while. I don't know. Might have just I don't know. Maybe he's cryogenically. Maybe at least he's not cryogenically. Cryogenically, cryogenically frozen. But I mean, they could they could bring Ted Williams back. Section. Terry Carabas talks about it all the time. They might they could put his head on someone's body. Yeah, just be eighty years old. What do you think it'd be like if we put Ted Williams' head on Mike Trout's body? See, I feel like Ted Williams was a modern day hitter. In but you're giving Ted Williams, you're giving Mike. I mean, Mike Trout's already a pretty good hitter. You put like the greatest, literally the greatest hitting player of all time, with arguably the best five-tool player in baseball. One of the few five-tool players in baseball. I mean, he hated to field so much too. So now he can do it. That's true. Now he has the tools to do it. Yeah, but it'd still be his brain. His brain would be like, yeah, screw fielding. But then he's gonna look down and be like, hey, I'm not this lanky guy who just goes up and swings the bat anymore. I can actually do stuff. The man had to be in some decent shape, though. He fought for our country. Three different times. Two, twice. Two, twice. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Cor- once in Korea, once in World War II. He almost died in Korea, too, his first mission. Yeah. Plane crash, middle of the jungle. Cold War. One of the few one of the few heat waves of the Cold War. That is true. Giving a little AP United States history to the podcast. That's what we do. What we do. We're both graduates of it, though. We've, we've gone past. We've gone past. All right. Fan questions? Fan questions. Fan questions. All right. First question from Nicole, who sent in a one almost every single episode. So thank you to the loyal listener. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Red Sox pitching staff without Chris Sale while he's been on and off the DL for a while? Looking at them, they're they're mediocre, but they, they've, they've kept their ground. David Price has, in his own words, finally become the pitcher that Boston signed. He's been amazing, except for last night when he gets hit on the hand. And that's actually that's that's an actual left hand injury. That was scary. That was not a Fortnite situation. That was a that was scary. that was a code red. This is not a drill. That was scary. But X rays came back ne- negative. If you have to give him a start off to, I have no problem with it. I want him healthy for the playoffs. 
just yeah, like I want Sale really, Hall to play. If you're the Red Sox, you're, you're really setting everything up for the playoffs. It's kind of like when you're in the NFL and you're you're the Patriots and you know you got the number one seed locked up. Yeah, we're playing the Bills week 17. I'm just gonna rest my starters. And week 17 is pretty much all of September for the Red Sox. They just need to stay afloat. It's like the Yankees. They both just need to stay afloat, go clinch up their spots, and, and get go. your stars healthy. Yeah. That's so, big for the Yankees. Yeah. And the Sox, too. Sanchez is De- coming back Devers, Sale. Dee's back on Monday. And we'll see what happens with Aaron Judge. Hopefully he comes back soon. I mean, we still got Sale coming back. Devers will come back. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know what. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I almost don't want to take Eduardo Nunez out of the lineup right now. He's been so hot. He has been good. But no, the Red Sox pitching staff—they're having to dig down deep. They're—they're they're not great. They're staying afloat. But at this time of the year, that's really all you got to do. If you're that good, you just stay afloat. As long as they can pick it up by October, I'm fine with it. Exactly. You just want to get yourself ready for playoffs. You want to get everyone ready and healthy, which is why I don't even think we're sales an injury to begin with. They're doing—they're doing what they did with Pedro back in the day. I mean, watch what they did. Phantom injury on a DL, laid him out for a bit because last year he sucked in the playoffs. Which is, yeah, he never pitched that far in a, in the season his entire life exactly. and that's i mean john farrell was like august oh chris you can go eight innings doesn't matter yeah eight that's innings, not out yeah pitches. that's not alex course philosophy i think he's done a much better job as a manager yeah. i don't think john farrell's the reason when they won that world series in 2013 either no he was the far Boston from marathon it. bombings are where they won the world right. series in 2013 which is why they were so good which is the same reason why they school night for that good this year tragedy helps not tragedy helps sports, but it brings yeah. the community together. And when you bring the community together, the Yankees were with, within one game. Two thousand one in the stadium was right. when Bush threw out that first pitch. I mean, you couldn't have any team. Right. right. Last year, after the hurricane, mm-hmm. Astros go to the World Series, help a town that was really. I mean, JJ Watt and the Astros saved Houston last year. They did. They raised so much money. And then it's like it's it's the Red Sox in 2013 and Vegas this year, the Vegas Golden Knights this year. It's more than sports. It's more than sports. Base sports is, it's more than sports. It's a life. It's a life. We're living it. All right. Second question we have from Brendan: What in the world is happening with Jose Bautista? He looked traded a- to the Mets. Now traded to the Phillies. And yes, you did pretty good last night. You had an RBI single off the Ooh, bench. Ooh, there we go. He looks pretty good. Not bad. He just needs to be in the right environment. He does. And he's. I, I mean, he's old, so I mean, you can't expect much. I don't think. I don't think Toronto was that environment for him anymore. I don't think New York was that environment for him. But Philly could be that environment. Who knows? He'd be a key piece. I mean, if they get back into the race, he could be a very big veteran presence off the bench. Not even that, just in the clubhouse too, for a young team that's going into the first playoff race in I don't know what seven years. Yeah. Six. Six seven. or seven. I think it's seven. Seven. I think it's seven. It's been a while. It's been a while. I have actually, I have one more fan question for you. Okay. It's coming from me because I'm a fan of the show. Wow, you're a fan of our own show. Thank God. So today we found out some news from uh, from South Florida that the Marlins were pretty much trying to turn their stadium into a Brazilian soccer game next no, year. That is awesome. This is the greatest. I'm not, no, I'm not going to play, but I think it's awesome. It so great. basically, for, for those that don't know, um, the Marlins are starting a new section lot uh, next year. All Comunidad Trente Cientos. What's five? Cinco. What? Cinco. Cinco. And so basically, every, I, I mean, Spanish in three months, and all, this is what happens. All these stadiums are having, you know, just like new sections this year. I mean, Seattle has like 
the King's Palace for the King's Court. Yeah, the King's Court for Felix Hernandez. Um, the judges' chambers in New York. Now we're having Comunidad tres. No, 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 no. Zero y cinco. Trescientos y cinco. Just say it how Pipple would say that, because Mr. Three O Five. Comunidad Three O Five, live from the tallest building in the world. Well, and, really bad. Uh, uh, well, I can't. I don't know. Uh, basically, you're, what you're, I, you're an Irish kid. You're an Irish Catholic kid from Boston trying to intimidate. And, and, yeah, basically, what I want to see is if the, if they return to contention next year, I would love to see them like start a playoff game with the roof half open and have Pitbull standing on top of the stadium with a mic and just going live. From the tallest building in Miami, in the 305, Marlins, here we go, and have the Marlins take the field to fireball by Pitbull. <laughs> I think that'd be electric. But I think it's, it's going to be. be electric any playoff game in that stadium. Just imagine that. The atmosphere. You have drums. You have. They're encouraging people to bring whistles. You Flags. Have drums, you have whistles. Noisemakers. You have vuvuzelas. Noisemakers. Like, imagine if you could bring, like, a flare. Like, oh my God. They're just pretty much encouraging the entire Hispanic community of Miami to just bring it out and be like, you know what? Show us what you got. Open audition. I mean, on we got nothing better to do. There's no one sitting out there anyway, so why don't we just go make it fun? Exactly. Make it fun. Just make it fun. Why not? Baseball's fun. We got nothing. They got nothing better to they do out there. They got nothing better to do. Why not party your butt off? Imagine that. They're going to have a DJ out there as well, I believe. I'm telling you. They're, they're I told you. They're going to have a DJ out there or a live DJ in the stadium. Right? I'm telling you. Pitbull's going to have like a golden seat the first row of that section. And it's going to be engraved, Mr. 305. It's going to be the Pitbull section. Pitbull's going to own the section. He's oh, just he going to be like, gonna you, know what? you know what? I'm going to take this out. The Marlins no longer own the section of your own stadium. I'm going to own it. It is Pitbull. Because I can do that. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> he owns Miami. He is. He does own Miami. He is Miami. He is. The Marlins are not Miami. The no. Heat are not Miami. We know the Dolphins aren't. Not when you think Miami, you think Pitbull. Def- without a doubt. Without a doubt. Pitbull is Miami. What's Miami spirit animal? Pitbull. Boom. <laughs> I never understood what that meant, but boom. Literally, well, I mean, you're supposed to have an animal, and a Pitbull is technically an animal, but Pitbull is the animal here. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's a party animal. He is a party animal. Like Sean Kingston once says, he sleeps all day and parties all night. Excellent. Excellent, Sean Kingston. That was what? That was some that, like MLB 2K12. Somebody call nine one one. All right, I think that's where we can camp up. Yeah, I know we're 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 not gonna get too throwback. Although I mean, you can't hate on Sean Kingston though. Can't I can't. Sean I Kingston can't. was an awesome throwback. I cannot. Great throwback. We say throwback, but it's like 2010. Yeah, we're young. We're really young. That that's one. That's us just being like, oh yeah, like back in the day, like back eight years in ago. my day in 2007. Guys like Usher and Neo lit up the floor, not these bums like Justin Bieber and Post Malone. Justin Bieber doesn't light up any floors. Throwback to when B.O.B. was the f- the future of music. We're getting away from baseball. This but... is now a music podcast? <laughs> oh. Hi, guys. I'm Jay Blake. Welcome to the music podcast. We just call it the cleanup spot. We don't know why. I'm Jay Blake. This is Tim Crowley. We're talking about B.O.B. and Usher. We're doing some throwback tunes today. How about the Killers, Mr. Brightside? And that is still the greatest song of all time. You can catch that if you go listen to our. Actually, you know what? Stop listening to us right now. Speaking of Mr. Brightside, that's in the vlog. Go watch the vlog, Red Sox Yankees, on our YouTube channel right now. Go. I can actually see that entire song. Like, I, I could. I know. I know. All You're gonna hear him do it in the vlog. I will. I will. I will. You hear him in the vlog. Cause she's calling a cab. I, I'm, I'm gonna have the same reaction that I did in the video. I'm just not gonna sing along. I'm gonna Fine. leave you. I'm gonna Fine. leave you out to dry. Fine, leave me out to dry. Be that guy. Fine. All right. This is episode. Fine. Two. This was 
This was episode 10 of the Queen Up Spot podcast. You're getting cringy. Stop, please. Okay. So you can follow me and Tim on Twitter at me at JAVBlake8. At TCrowley37. Follow the Queen Up Spot on Twitter at, at Queen Up Spot Pod. And make sure to send us more questions on our Gmail at. Nope, not at. You don't. Well, you have an at in the email, just not right there. Cleanhousepot1234 at gmail.com. Send us in the questions. We'd love to hear from you. Um, any suggestions you want for the show, any questions you have coming up. And just make sure to keep up. I mean, because you might not see the podcast. We're going to be back in our two-week schedule. But just keep up for extra content. We're going to be active on YouTube. Active, we're always active on Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Clean up spot on YouTube. Subscribe. Hey, what's up? what's up, guys? Before you watch this video, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, please follow. No, you subscribe. Subscribe. You rate. And you leave a comment. What's the... All right. You know what? Next goal... Whatever we can get on iTunes for awards, we need. But let's see, how about a gold play button on Clean Spot on the Clean Spot YouTube channel? We're setting the bar high. A million subscribers. Okay. Let's do it. I think we need more than twelve people to listen to the show first. Maybe. Maybe. How many subs do we have? Like seven. No, we're almost Maybe. there. Whatever. <laughs> you know, we're getting closer by the day. All right. This is Tim Crowley. I am Jason Blake. This is the Clean Up Spot.